0: So high so right now, anything's possible, anything's possible, and the Boston Red Sox are the world champions, for the first time in 86 years, the Red Sox have won baseball world championship, can you believe it?
1: After 39 long years, the Cup is back home. The Bruins are 2011 Stanley Cup champions. The Nosebleed Seats Podcast. All
0: right. What's up and how we doing, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. I am your host, Matt. Do not wait up, Fiori. No Liam again today. I think he went to bed on on me. But we are joined by a special guest, a man that I've been friends with for a decent while. Um, he is someone that I look to on Twitter uh, pretty heavily in terms of the boston celtics whenever there's anything going on with them i mean i kind of look towards this this guy right here he is none other than anthony Gabriella. nickname is squid and we are welcoming him just me and him today a little weird without liam but squid how are you how you
1: doing i'm doing fantastic pumped you're having me on i've been a you know a long-time listener and i'm pumped to uh, be hopping in on here
0: perfect perfect so um the reason why we have squid on here today is because there is been a number of nba happenings in terms of uh, the team still remaining in this year's playoffs uh, the obvious conference finals going on right now and obviously the celtics who are pretty engaged in a lot of headlines Um, front office headlines just a few weeks ago that took place some shocking news went around the league we'll get into that um obviously with that There was a head coaching vacancy there, so there's some names being thrown around in which the Celtics will be making a new hire, and obviously they make a big trade that sends Kemba Walker to the Oklahoma City Thunder. We're going to be nailing on all of that uh, in this episode, so without further ado, let's get right into it. The NBA Conference Finals are going on as we speak, Um, the Philadelphia 76ers is what I wanted to lead off with. Uh, this was a team with the number one seed in the East. They were heavily favored against the Atlanta Hawks. And the big, big miscue that went with them was Joel Embiid getting hurt, tearing his meniscus. He, Despite that, he plays through it. But um, I don't know. I just didn't think you'd be getting much out of him from the moment I heard that news. Um, and then with that I mean just egregious play from uh, what's supposed to be your second star Ben Simmons just absolutely terrible stuff you're seeing it all over the all over the news on Twitter on everything like that getting man's getting absolutely roasted to put it in simple terms what what is wrong with the sixers? this is a recurring theme every single year where there's just one and done maybe two and done. They just cannot get to that next step. What is wrong with this team?
1: Yeah, you know, it's it's been some just truly, truly incredible stuff to follow. Uh, what we know as the process is officially no longer processing. It is, in my opinion, it, you know, the past few years they've had excuses. You know, they ran into a Kawhi Leonard who was having an all-time playoff series of the game winner a few years ago that pretty much everyone remembers of the ball bouncing around the rim uh the following year get steamrolled by the celtics in four games in the first round and then this year pretty much having the easiest path to a conference finals uh any team could possibly have and not being able to get by the i don't know good but not great atlanta hawks it's just you know it's it's truly fat, like mind-blowing how this team constantly lets down i mean for a city that loves their loves their sports it's a very similar city to boston where the you know the, the fans love their teams and they'll do anything for them to win. And they have all the pressure on them from the media in those cities because they, they're so crazy about it. They constantly let let teams down. Everyone blamed the, the previous coach, Brett Brown, uh, and old Celtics player Al Horford. Uh, Actually, no, current Celtics player Al Horford. Just, you know, <laughs> obviously they bl- blame those two guys, sent them out of town, and here they are back in the second round, losing in seven games to the Hawks. Obviously, Embiid was hurt, and, you know, props to him for playing through a – a partially torn meniscus, but at the same time, he was putting up the same numbers he put up without this, so it couldn't have been that bad. Um, I mean, still props to him, but then you look at Ben Simmons, who won't even take a layup with with no one at the rim, so, I mean, Ben Simmons clearly has a lot going on mentally. A lot of people are kind of shocked about what they're seeing with him. Uh, If you follow me on Twitter or have for a long time, I'm the number one leader of the Ben Simmons hate club. He's just (laughs) hilariously bad. Uh, I think he could be a good player in the right teams, but he is, yeah, he is pretty much was poised for an all-time letdown with the way he, you know, can't do a lot of the things you need to do as an NBA basketball player, especially that one who makes $170 million over the term of four years.
0: I mean, yeah,
1: you said it best. Uh, ben Simmons
0: was their Achilles heel in this one. They, I mean, the no – I, I just think the no field goals in the last three games in the fourth quarter was kind of the – the X factor there just kind of showed that he just was not confident and putting up the ball when it mattered most. But um, overall, in general, this I, I feel like in every season you're going to have that goes with every sport, obviously. But I mean, this year in particular with the NBA, um, there have been a lot of weird, weird headlines. Uh, just it goes from top to or. The opening round to now, I mean, LeBron getting bounced in the first round. Um, Then it goes to the Nets being eliminated, uh, facing some serious, serious injury struggles. Uh, They had Dinwiddie out this whole season. Harden goes down. KD was out for a stretch in the regular season. And come playoff time, it all just kind of fell apart on them. And then now you're seeing Kawhi Leonard facing a knee injury Uh, Chris Paul's in the protocol it's just what is going on I mean we're looking at four teams who have never won an NBA title since the NBA merger happened and I don't even know what year but what is going on what what is what's with all the weirdness
1: yeah you know this is absolutely nuts it's I mean for for the people who love the NBA this is an NBA fans dream because it's not the normal. Usually the normal happens in the NBA. The teams you expect to be there in the end are the teams that are there. We're getting more of, you know, kind of a hockey a, a hockey play out where we get teams that, you know, you can't really predict it. It just kind of happens as it goes. And it's been pretty amazing as an NBA fan. Uh, before, I, you know, I just want to mention one more thing about the 76ers. I know Ben Simmons is getting a lot of the slack. I mean, he, he, he should, but Tobias Harris, another max contract guy constantly lets down every postseason. And that's another big part of the failure. So 76 have a lot of roster construction to do. And I think Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris are going to end up getting moved, uh, which, you know, kind of what you're talking about. Some other teams might need to make moves with this team because a lot of teams we expected to be there in the end, went home, went packing early. Um, you know, you talk about the Lakers, Anthony Davis, just getting hurt. Uh, it looked like they had control of that series. And then Davis went down and they couldn't obviously couldn't control it. And you saw what happened there. And then you see Brooklyn, which I don't know. As as much as I want to say, like, they kind of got screwed. It seems like it's a little bit of karma on one side because they think they can just buy a championship, which is pretty frustrating to me. Uh, but also, you know, you know, you're putting together Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and Blake Griffin, and, you know, Jeff Green, and James Harden. They all have injury histories, and I don't know if all three of them will ever be healthy for a full postseason because they're all guys who get injured pretty easily, you know. Availability is the is the is the best thing is the is the best ability. So, and that's something the Nets didn't have. And then you look at a team like, I mean, Phoenix. That's terrible luck. Terrible luck with Chris Paul there. However, I mean, it, is it really that bad of luck? Because the Clippers' best player is out. Um, and that's the weirdest part about all this. They reported Kawhi got hurt a couple, like about a week ago now, that he hurt his knee. They they said you know it could be his ACL, it could be a sprain. We've heard nothing. We've heard absolutely nothing for about a week. What's going on with him? They're not saying anything. Mm-hmm. They're not saying whether he's done, and uh, to me, that's the most interesting story. Because if Kawhi comes back, in my opinion, that's the team with the most talent left in this group before.
0: Yeah. Um, so
1: before we move on quickly to
0: the everything Celtics, probably not going to be talking to you again for this current NBA season. So if we're talking hypotheticals here who do you like who is the who's your championship favorite yeah you know um oh, or how about, how about this how about this how about this how about who who makes it out of the fi- uh, conference finals and who do you like in the
1: yeah championship? um i'm going to start with the east cuz i think it's the obvious one um you know atlanta has has had a fun run but i i mean I think the Bucks are going to take care of him pretty easily, and I and I don't say that because I don't I think the Hawks are bad. I just they're a good team and they're up they're on a team on the rise. But you know Bogdanovich is a little banged up right now, and yeah, I don't know they they they're out with, they're they're without DeAndre Hunter, who's their best defender. I don't see them really have having anyone to throw at Giannis. I think Middleton's going to have his way, and Drew Holiday is pretty much going to be tr- checking checking Trey Trey Young the whole series. So. I think Walk is going to take care of them in four or five games, uh, if I'm being honest. I mean, I would love to see the Hawks make the series because I'm all for game sevens. They're all very fun, obviously. But I got the Bucs coming out of the east and then the west. You know, if Kawhi can get back in the series, like maybe game three, I think they could turn it around. The Clippers seem to like to go down 2-0 and then come back and win the series. Uh, But I'm just going to – you know, I'm going to go with what I've seen so far, and I think Chris Paul will be back by the middle of the series. Devin Booker's on fire right now. So I have the Suns versus the bucks in the NBA finals, which is pretty much a ratings disaster. However, it's going to be some great basketball because I still think they're two very good basketball teams. Mm -hmm. But as far as, you know, I mean, you, you want me to go with a winner? Yep. Yeah. You know, uh, I guess, I mean, I'm living in the city where, where I think the winner is going to be right now. I'm currently a resident of Milwaukee. So I, I I do think I'm not a bucks fan. I'm a huge Celtics fan, but I do think the bucks are going to take care of it. Uh, Giannis does definitely have his struggles in the playoffs. And I know I've been trolling a lot of people about Giannis being this great player. He's still good. I mean, I'm, I'm giving people a hard time, but you know, I, I think the bucks have what it takes. They've they've gone through some tough losses over the past years and that's how you learn, you know, Michael Jordan went through all those lumps before he got his championships. I'm not saying Giannis is Michael Jordan, but I do think they've gone through it all and they know they're battle tested. And I think the bucks are going to come out on top. Uh, I just don't trust Chris Paul, despite how great he's playing. Chris Paul has a, a legacy of choking away. Series that he should win, so I, I think in the end of the day we're gonna get a fantastic series between the Suns and the Bucks, and the Bucks are gonna come out on top. Yeah, um,
0: you definitely know a lot, a lot more basketball than I do. So, for take it for what it's worth, um, I'll disagree. Uh, I do like the Suns. I think that they have been riding, like I think they're just the hottest team. I think they have a lot of swagger behind them. I think that they're just playing very, very confidently. Devin Booker, like you said, in a, on a different planet right now. Oh, I, yeah. I, I hate the comparisons he's getting. I saw something, Stephen A. calling him Kobe Bryant. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely blasphemy, if I'm using his terms. But um, I'm going to let Devin Booker be Devin Booker here and continue to what he's been doing. I think that they can afford to – I mean, you talked about it. I mean – I do have a lot of concern for Kawhi. I mean, this was a team that I thought, or talking about the Clippers, this was a team that I thought was going to go in all the way, like you said, have the most talent, obviously, but I mean, it's very, very, very very weird. makes me very skeptical, and I think Clippers fans should be very, very nervous because there's been nothing reported as to when he will be back, what the exact injury is, and because of that I think that they can afford to not have Chris Paul in these first couple games and Chris Paul will probably be the first one back um yep. just because of what we what we've seen and what we know um, so I think that the Suns take care of it here and I just think that the Bucks have are almost a representation of what the 76ers are and I think that they've kind of I mean we saw it last offseason like Giannis almost left and there were reports that he might want to leave because the roster around him just isn't good. And they just have a constant failure every year in and out. I'm just getting to, um, later rounds. I mean, I guess you can say this year they made an improvement, but I mean, then again, I think that they're a way better team than the Hawks. It's kind of an easy ride to the finals. So, but I, to to sum it all up, I think that the Suns are, um, I think they're just playing a lot better,
1: more swagger. I don't know, more confident basketball. That's just me, but oh you know, and and, and honestly, I, I I don't disagree with you at all. I, I do, I really do think if you know if the Suns come can get Chris Paul back up and healthy, I do think they they can win it all, and that would be a great story for Chris Paul to you know end his career with a championship in uh, Phoenix and they they are rolling right now. They have the wings to defend Giannis. Um, and, you know, they, yeah, you're right. They're, they're playing some great basketball. Uh, they have a good bench. They have everything a championship team needs. They have great guys, Jay Crowder, guys that have been there before in um, the bucks. You're right. They, they do have some fraudulent tendencies. I just, you know, I tend to think they have, they'll, pro- they'll probably have, I mean, the, obviously the the biggest player in that series in Giannis, and it's going to be tough to stop them. However, if anyone can do it, it's going to be the Suns. And if they can get back healthy and win that series, I mean, I, I really do think they'll give the Bucks a good run and possibly could come out on top. And that would be very exciting with, uh, you know, the season they've had.
0: Yeah. So we will see how it shapes out, obviously. Um, but let's move on to our Celtics. Lots and lots of lots of stuff going on with them. Um, the season ends. Uh, you, you lose and – unsuspecting fashion you get blown out by the by the nets the healthy nets at the time um, we all saw that one coming there wasn't really much surprises uh, most people predicted the series would be five games and that's what it was so the season ends and that's when the surprising stuff kicks in uh, there were reports maybe a day or two prior that Danny Ainge could be looking to step down, find a different role, or even just move on from the game of basketball. And that was the that was absolutely the fact. And he leaves, and the surprising part of it, which, I mean, we all know, we've all seen it, but uh, Brad Stevens moving from head coach to president of basketball ops. This was a very, very, very surprising move. The reports are saying that Brad was tired, um, I think he was said he was tired of coaching, so just kind of caught up to him. I mean, Brad Stevens has been around for a long time, and pe- most people don't realize that he's been here since what, 2012, 2013. Oh
1: yeah, yeah, he's been around for a long time.
0: Yeah, so um, he was definitely that's what he said he was sick of coaching, so he is up in the front office now, and that leaves a hole, obviously, at the head coaching spot. And the three names that are reported as of right now getting second interviews are Chauncey Billups. I don't know the guy's first name. His last name is Ham. And who's the third guy?
1: Uh, Ime Yudoka. Thank you. Yeah, didn't yeah.
0: want to. I, I really didn't want to pronounce that name. <laughs> it's not easy. <laughs> so, it's not easy, man. Yeah. So I mean, I really didn't do. This was the one part of. This show that I didn't really research in. I know Chauncey Billups, I, but the other two. Uh, if you would help me out and help out our listeners,
1: absolutely, yeah. Uh, there is a, I mean, there's a lot to unpack there, you know, with everything you said. And I, I'll start with the head coaching candidates. So obviously, we see there's three that are going to be uh, second round interview, second round interviews, and you know, the Celtics might be interested in. They're all uh, of African American descent, which I think is important for what the Celtics, the players want. And I mean. We have two young superstars in Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, who we want to stay around for 10 years, obviously. So whatever it's Mm -hmm. going to take to make those guys happy is what we have to do. And Brad knows that. He said that. And that's what's important. Um, With that being said, I I have. uh, Yeah, there's there's three candidates and I have strong thoughts on all of them. Uh, I'm going to start with the guy who I think will get the job and I think is the guy the Jays want the Celtics to hire. And that is Ime Yudoka he uh he was an assistant coach under Greg Popovich for about 6 or 7 years or it was a, it was a long amount of time. He was a player obviously as well in the past, but he sat behind Pop for a long time down in San Antonio. Uh, he was in Philadelphia for a year and now he was with the Nets on their on their staff this year as an assistant behind Steve Nash and D'Antoni and you know learning from all those players and you know learning how to deal with superstars. Uh, He's a coach who I've seen a lot about. He's a defensive uh, genius, and he's a guy who can really get into his players. He's very good at connecting with players, which I think Brad was starting to struggle with. I thought Brad's voice was starting to, you know, lose a little steam in the locker room. The players still respect Brad very much, but I just don't think they were. I don't think Brad was getting through to them as much as he did in the beginning, which is natural. Because when you hear the same voice for that many years, eventually you start to zone it out a little bit. So, uh, email Udoka is a, is the guy that I want. He's a candidate who I think will be a very, very, very good head coach. He's, you know, he's not gonna be afraid to, to sit, sit a player, to get in a player's face and say, Hey, you need to be better. Uh, you know, something like some of the other coaches, something like Nick nurse, of the Toronto Raptors does, uh, you know, a strong motivator, something Popovich does Brad Stevens is good of a coach. He is he's a little bit passive and, uh, I know people have been calling for it, and I think that was part of the problems. Uh, so I would love Emei Udoka to come in here and take over the head coaching role. However, there was two other strong names in the pool as well. One who was Chauncey Billups, who I have, I'm indifferent about. I, I like him as a head coach. However, there's a lot of allegations with Chauncey about a rape case in Boston uh, about 20 years ago, and I think that's going to bring up a lot of bad news if he was to be hired. And I think that you know could potentially lead to people saying, Brad, that's your first hire, the guy who was in a rape case here so i mean as a basketball fit i like it he's only had one year of assistant coaching experience so i'm not sure if that's enough but however if that's the direction they go i could see why he's a very again very good guy connecting with players and the last name i believe his name is dar darwin or Darwin. it's one of the two uh his last name is ham he is an assistant coach for the milwaukee bucks he's a, uh, uh yeah he's just under mike bootenholzer right now he's another strong candidate who i know the bucks players love uh he's been in the system for a good amount of time. He is, I believe he's an offensive mind. So if we hired him, he would probably change the offense up a little bit. However, I'm really hoping they hire uh, the It'll be hilarious to see, you know, some Boston media trying to pronounce his name constantly. Tony, mm-hmm. Tony Maserati and Foger, those idiots trying to talk about him. Uh, that'll be a good time. So mm-hmm. I'm really hoping they hire Ime. He's going to be, I think he'd be a good coach here and we'll get into the players.
0: Yeah, I think the the one thing, to emphasize onto what you said was getting the guy your stars want. I think that's pretty much what this league is about. I think if you want to maintain your stars, you need to do everything in every direction to best suit them. We all see uh, every, every year there's a top 10 player on the move in this league. It's a league like none other. That's why it's so entertaining. That's why draws in so many fans. It's it's why their off-seasons are the best. Um, Just in terms of trades, it's so easy for um, very marketable, very, very talented players to be on the move, whether it's free agency, trades, whatever. Like I said, it happens every year. So um, who's to say Tatum's not next or upcoming on that list if you can't be – I don't even want to say lenient. I want to say like pushing all your chips towards him. Because, I mean, I think he sees what his elders around the league have done. And, I mean, you look, everybody, LeBron, KD, it, the list goes on and on, Kawhi Leonard. There are very, very few na- popular names in this league that have stuck around in one franchise. So, um, if you want Jason Tatum around, like you said, for the next 10 years, you got to do what he wants to do. And, I mean, some some people, um, some avid sports fans will disagree with that they'll say that that's not how sports are the team comes first you don't just dictate what you do around one player but i mean face the facts you, it's 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 what it is whether you like it or not this is how it is that's just how i feel about it i mean i am it's i i am an avid guy that would say team comes first don't whatever but i mean at the end of the day if that's if that's how you're gonna run your business, you're just not gonna be successful. That's just how I feel. So, I think it's time to cave into that narrative that is in place in the NBA right now. I mean, it's even going towards other sports. I mean, you can kind of say the same thing with the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, I, but I just think that the NBA has kind of took taken charge of that. Is kind of the accurate description for it. But yeah, I think you just need to you need to do what's best for Jason Tatum. I think, and especially because lastly, I don't want to keep going on and on, but Jason Tatum has done nothing but the right things for this, for this franchise. Uh, he's come in from day one. He's known his role. He's never been too cocky. No, none of that stuff. Uh, he's a very, very humble guy. I'd like to think. And I think he just kind of goes out on the court, takes care of his business. And that's kind of all you hear of Jason Tatum. Um, so that's something that I would kind of back towards defending that whole thing with getting whatever your stars want because Jason Tatum has done everything right thus far but that's just how I feel on it. I think ultimately at the end of the day you got to hire who
1: Jason Tatum wants.
0: That's just absolutely feel, man. Like
1: you yeah, you know, and just to touch upon that like I I really like I I, I know Many sports you can say that you got to build a team and then find that player, but like, man, Jason Tatum I, for guys under 25, I think Jason Tatum's, in my opinion, is going to be the second best player in the NBA someday, uh, behind Luka Doncic. And, uh, you know, that's crazy. That's pretty, it's very, very, you know, uncommon to have the second best player in the NBA on your team. And he's not mm-hmm. just the second best player on, on a team, he is a star who. You know, most stars make headlines and they're complaining constantly and they're doing all these things. Tatum just shows up in hoops. He didn't say anything. He's not, you know, he's not some media clown trying to always get his name out there or do something. He's all, he just goes, shows up in hoops and he's, he's he, he loves the game of basketball. And that's my favorite part about Jason Tatum. So we got to do what makes him happy at the end of the day. And if that's hiring a coach that a lot of us don't want, it's what we got to do. I'm not saying we, uh, I wouldn't, I mean, I wouldn't want any of these three guys because I do. Uh, and you know, last thing I forgot to mention, Ima Yudoko was a coach for the US uh, FIBA World Cup team, which Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, and Jason Tatum all played on. And apparently they all loved him there and like were like best friends with him. So if that's gonna be like what they want, I mean it's no brainer to me. I'm not sure if Smart will be around or not, but like, you know, I think it might be the right move to hire that guy. Cause if Tatum's happy, we're happy and Boston is gonna be competitive, potentially pulling in a championship or multiple in the next ten years.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So after that, all those headlines went with the Celtics shaking up their front office, coaching staff, etc. Um, Brad Stevens went right to work, makes a huge breaking news trade. I thought it was pretty weird um, this early. I mean, every other sport, you don't see any any moves go on until the offseason officially begins, until there's been a champion's crown. But, I mean, Brad Stevens goes right to Deals off Kemba Walker's max contract to the Oklahoma City Thunder in exchange, or I should mention, the Celtics also throw in the 16th pick in this year's draft with that, or with Kemba to the Oklahoma City Thunder for Al Horford, um, Moses Brown, a seven-two center, and some second-round picks. Um, I I don't want to steal all of it from you, but this was a move. Pretty much only to uh, free up some more cap space and to just get Kemba off the books. Kemba, as we know, bad knee, uh, couldn't play back to backs. Uh, there was a lot of a lot of rumors, a lot of rumblings after the season went down. Just, I don't I don't really know if all that is factual. Just in terms of him being unhappy and there was rifts between him and Ainge and him and Stevens. I mean, I don't really think getting into that is necessary who who cares at this point he's gone like it is what it is Kemba was not the player you you were hoping for uh obviously you lose Kyrie Irving in horrible fashion that happens you lose out in that 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 blockbuster trade with Cleveland and then you lose again in finding his replacement so uh that's I mean it was kind of just a I would like to think it was the thing that was weighing them down a lot. and But it's over now. They free up more money. They're getting Al Horford back. And I know you were on Twitter saying a lot of things about Al Horford that kind of surprised me a bit just in terms of his time last year in OKC. So I'm kind of getting me a little bit. um, I'm a little bit more excited now with the trade because I feel like no one else is mentioning that and lastly um i'd like to give a shout out to squid who actually predicted this trade uh, pretty much down to the bone the first rounder and kemba going to okc so i'm gonna just give you the floor
1: i appreciate that it was it was something i was calling for for a while um and if, you know, for a multitude of reasons that I'm gonna about to break down. So I think first and foremost, obviously, like you mentioned, is the big contract uh, that Kemba had. Uh, if you're going to pay a guy that much to take up, you know, 25% of the salary cap in a league that is hard capped and you can't spend unlimited money like baseball, that player making that much money needs to be a great fit next year's two superstars, or he needs to be the main superstar. And he was neither of those. Yep. So it's obviously, you know, it's obviously important that you're, that, that that he was dealt then because one he couldn't stay healthy he was not playing back to backs all year in a year that pretty much had a back to back every night uh and again like he couldn't play defense wasn't a good fit he i mean top of the line a plus guy he's you know always smiling great dude but unfortunately it didn't work out and that's okay uh danny Inge to be honest kind of signed him out of impulse because he lost Kyrie and tried making up for it when re- in reality he probably shouldn't have done it in the first place but hey Hindsight's twenty twenty. Um, I think it's important Brad Stevens got into office and instead of, you know, waiting around and being impatient and maybe losing out on a trade, he went to work right away. And that might be because uh, if he waited too long, Kemba would have had a trade kicker that kicked in and it would have cost an extra $5 million a year to pay him. And other teams may have not been willing to do that. So Brad Stevens, Trader Brad, uh, made a trade pretty much right away. Uh, shocked me because I was not even sure that, you know, teams could – trade during the playoffs. I, I didn't even know that was a rule for someone who follows uh, NBA offseason transactions pretty heavily. I was shocked. Um, pretty crazy, and like, like you mentioned. And I think the return was pretty decent. Obviously, we had to give up a first-round pick, which is tough. However, I mean, I've been saying it throughout the year. I'm done with young guys for a little while. Uh, you know, we have projects in our roster with Grant Williams, Aaron Nesmith, Peyton Pritchard, Romeo Langford. They're all developmental guys, and they need to find minutes. So if you draft another young guy, you're just throwing more into that and not getting anyone minutes. So it's okay trading that first-round draft pick if it's going to get off that massive contract for the next two years. Uh, and then obviously two players are brought in, one being Al Horford, who most people don't really know this because he was in lowly OKC where no one paid attention to, but the Thunder had to – Pretty much shut Al down for the season because they were winning too many games. Because Al Horford was still very good. He was averaging 14 point something, 14.3 a game, I believe, Uh, eight boards, almost four assists. And that's pretty good for a 34 year old center. Al Horford's game is going to age very well. He can still shoot the three, he shoots it at 37%, which is, we did not have that this year. It's going to stretch the floor out, give more space for the Jays to operate. Uh, And Al's a great screener. He's a great ball mover. Like he's a, you know, he's a glue guy. Celtics need that he's a leader he's a common presence on the court he's going to slow everything down I I I really do think he's going to make a world of difference on the court this year. so I think you'll slide him right into the uh to the five you know him and Rob can rotate minutes throughout a game and then uh Moses Brown is uh the other player they got and I love the move because he's a young player who has shown flashes of brilliance and also you know nights where we weren't paying attention he showed flashes of frustration but I think he's a project, but a guy who, you know, could come in for 10, 15 minutes a night, give you some energy, grab some boards, and pretty much be Robert Williams Williams Insurance. Uh, as we saw all year long, we had Tice, we had Thompson, and we had Time Lord, and we had too many centers pretty much, and they were just fighting for minutes, and having to play both at once did not work well. So it's good we have a third guy who's not, like, necessary you have to play, but he can come in to be productive, like a guy like Luke Cornett. So it was a good move overall. I really liked it, and, you know, as far as the financials go Al makes 27 million this year which is 10 million less than Kemba makes which means this year alone we're probably going to free up 10 million uh, we're going to get under the luxury tax potentially which will allow us to sign a player in free agency for about 10 million dollars and that could be a very effective player um to give a reference you know Phoenix signed a guy like Jay Crowder who's a starter on a finals or potential finals team now so like you know, we'll have a little cap space to sign an important player. Al's more flexible. He'll play every night like Kemba didn't. And next year, he only makes $14 million. So, if we want to move on from him, we can. And that'll give us a bunch of cap space to potentially sign a guy like Bill or, you know, a, another star down the road.
0: Yeah. Um, Moses Brown, just to add quickly, 21 points, 23 rebounds this year against the Celtics. Incredible. Um, yeah. So, take what you will from that. I'm not saying he's going to be – your next start or your next center but whatever um you said it um this is a move that is going to clear up stuff more towards the future 10 million is great right now but as we know can't really get that much of an effective player for 10 million dollars i mean I, I know what you mean you can get a good a good role player good bench piece potentially but um, if we're looking towards adding that third star, like so many people want, um, this trade doesn't really help you that much with that. I'd like to think, but, um, that's the next thing I wanted to kind of get into and you kind of just answered it, but, uh, we'll talk more so in the long haul. Like you said, he makes, it goes down to 14 million. They can get rid of them and it. They have a whole lot more, uh, money to work with after next season what what's separating the Celtics because they're always one, one piece away. And uh, uh, this doesn't really go with this year because the Celtics were just kind of all over the place this year, but in in seasons past, especially like last year, you go to the conference finals versus the heat and you were just clearly missing something that the, uh, that the heat had So, um, if we're playing, if we're gonna play a game of fast forward a year, what do the Celtics need to do in order to get on the same level as the Brooklyn Nets, the Milwaukee Bucks, the Atlanta Hawks, et cetera?
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, uh,
0: I don't know. <laughs>
1: you don't know. No, that's that, that's a great question. And uh, you know, are you, are you talking like next season, like this upcoming season, or you know, maybe a year down the line or so the following year?
0: um just like the following year
1: yeah so uh you know I, I think I think what's important that we think about is uh you know Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown kind of blossomed right in front of our eyes over this last year and a half and uh, I don't <laughs> think the front office of the Celtics expected that to happen so quickly so I don't think the team was built around them properly and I you know as much as we need another star I think first what's important is finding the correct role players to be to be around Jason and Jalen. And that's going to be what we need to focus on this offseason. So, you know, um, bringing back Fournier on the short-term deal, you know, give him kind of like what Miami did last offseason, give uh, Fournier uh, maybe like one year, $20 So he's not on the books long-term, but he'll be happy in the short term and we will have a good bench shooter. Um, You know, going out and finding a veteran point guard who can come in and play behind smart, you know, just filling up the rotation, guys that can shoot the ball, guys that are going to complement Jason and Jalen and play next to them where they're not going to need the ball and let the, the our two stars operate, and that's important. So I think overall it's just finding the correct role players in the short term and then looking a year forward, you know, don't tie yourself, off, don't tie yourself up with long contracts. So, you know, if you give Smart a long-term deal where he, you know, an extension, which I don't think his helpers would do this offseason because if you do that, you're pretty much out of the Bradley Bale sweepstakes. You might be out of other sweepstakes as well. So what you pretty much have to do is – Let smarts contract play out this offseason and try to bring him back after you sign another star next year. Um, So let him stay kind of stay where he is. Uh, You just sign guys short term because I believe the only guys that will be on the book next next offseason will be um, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown and Al Horford at 14 million, which in theory is 34 million, which is the price of a max player. And that could be a la Bradley Bill, which is who is best friends with Jason Tatum um they grew up together what like well Bradley Bale was pretty much his babysitter in high school uh they're playing in the Olympics this uh, summer together and you know Tatum's probably going to go there and recruit guys like Donovan Mitchell Bradley Bale to come play with them and that's what we need uh so yeah I, I look for um the Celtics to just cr- have long-term flexibility put great role players around Boston this year and you know maybe the Celtics will strike light- lightning in a bottle and, you know, find the right role players, Tatum will step up to MVP level and they could be competing with Brooklyn next year if they find the right guys. And then, you know, the following year, that's the plan, because then you'll still have the, the Jays on contract for two years. So it's finding finding that third star uh, in the 2022, 2023 offseason. Also, you know, guys like Joel Embiid, Nicole Jokic. Uh, Le- I mean, LeBron James will be pretty old by then. Uh, but there's a lot of players who are very intriguing names will be free agents. And you know Boston's a nice city, and if you have two stars in the team, who says a third couldn't join them because that's what stars want to do is join other stars so you you have to be flexible if you're Boston you have to make sure you're not tying yourself up tying yourself up to long bad contracts because if you do, you're gonna miss out on potentially what could be maybe a two two or three championships with a big three
0: yeah, so um real quick um, just to clear something up you're saying. I mean, all those I think the Embiid's and the Jokic's are are fun to say, but I'm not too sure. I think ultimately this comes down to Bradley Beal and Donovan Mitchell. I think that just because of Mitchell's age factor, he's close, close with Tatum. And obviously the same can be said with Bradley Beal, except a lot more. We've all seen it on the, on the broadcast. Um, Beal and Tatum are so, so, so close. Uh, You're saying that. Beal, Beal's a free agent next offseason, correct?
1: Yeah, if so he technically not because he's, he has a player option, but he's going to decline it because he doesn't want to stay in Washington. So he will, in theory, become a free agent, which is great. Uh, so, yeah, next offseason, Bradley Beal will be.
0: And then Donovan Mitchell is not, right? We need to trade for him.
1: Yeah, Donovan Mitchell tied up, but, I mean, he's in Utah. He's going to, he's obviously, he's constantly unhappy. Um, he's a, he's a guy who wants to play with, uh, other stars i can tell you could, you could just tell and by the way he is on twitter um so i i mean he's got, i think he's going to be going to the olympics this summer uh, i mean jalen brown and donovan mitchell literally hung out every single night in the bubble last year uh tatum is uh boys with, with Don, donovan mitchell as well and uh they and I, I believe if i'm correct donovan mitchell's family lives in connecticut and uh donovan's from like northern new york so pretty close to boston he has roots in the northeast so i could definitely see him wanting to you know get out of stinky utah back up to northeast yeah i mean i was gonna ask
0: i was gonna ask before if there were if there was a pathway in terms of trading for uh, a star player like not not even now but in in the in the upcoming years but i feel like that's not even a, a fair question just because of uh assets can change so so much in just the course of one season especially in a sport like the nba like we were talking about before so much movement so much craziness can happen in one year i mean you look at it like one, two years three years and we would be talking about how kevin durant james hard and kyrie irving would all be on the same team i, I would call you stupid and walk away right uh, but so i don't even really see a, a point in asking that i think that the celtics could easily uh acquire enough assets over the course of one to two years to go acquire uh, an absolute star piece like Donovan Mitchell. So I'm going to throw that question right out the window. Um, but other than that, I think we hit on everything. I think we're up to current day. What's, what's happening around the NBA and with the Celtics. So um, unless squid, you have anything else left in the tank to say,
1: yeah, you know, I'm going to give one last prediction, and I think that's just because, you know, I really do see it in the way the Celtics are building right now and in the framework. Uh, I think what I heard last I heard out of Washington is that Bradley Bale pretty much is telling the Wizards. This is about a month ago. Bale is te- is not committing to them long-term. They keep trying to extend them, and he keeps saying no. Uh, I think the Celtics potentially are going to – I mean, I think Bale's potentially going to try to force his way to Boston, kind of like how Harden did to Brooklyn. We might not really have the assets Washington wants. Obviously, Jalen Brown, but we're not going to trade him for Jalen Brown. Uh, I think I think the I think Washington might might uh, kind of be handcuffed here because if Bill said he wants to go play with Tatum in Boston, they're pretty much going to have to take what Boston is going to give him because otherwise he's going to walk away for nothing next year. So if the Celtics say, "All right, we'll give you," a, you know, Robert Williams, a promising young center, and especially if he develops a little bit, he's going to be a very good trade chip, potential All Star. Um, and then obviously, you know, you got some other young guys. And you can just throw first round draft picks at him, throw three first at him or something. That's what you need to do. That's what Brooklyn did. I'm okay with Boston doing it because we're not going to have any good picks if Jason, Jalen, are, and we have Bill here. So, I think Bill's going to try to force his way out after the Olympics. After him hanging out with Tatum for so long and just playing on the same team as him, it would be incredible. And uh, all I'm going to say is I will not be shocked if Jason, Jalen, and Bradley Bill are the big, the new big three in the NBA and making runs of championships in the next four or five years. Do all three of them being wings scare you? Um, Not not necessarily. Just the league we're playing in. Uh, I think in, if that's the case, you need to find a, a guard, like a, a pass-first point guard for sure. But, uh, you know, Bale's kind of a – Bale's 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, he's a guard. Uh, I mean, he, he's a he's a two, so I guess technically he's a wing, but he kind of plays more like a guard. Uh, it's going to – you know, it, it depends. You have you to have the right coach in that situation that knows how to make those guys work because – I mean, Harden, Harden, Durant, and Irving are all primary ball handlers, primary scorers. So just having those guys on the same team, we didn't think it would work. And it was the most incredible offense some of us have ever seen. So yeah, I think the Stars will make it happen. And I, I, I really do think those three guys could make a title title happen in Boston.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think that eventually
1: the time is going to come where
0: ultimately the Celtics are the Nets. I just think that um, if you're just facing kind of a youth movement right now I mean you gotta just gotta just look and realize that these guys are still just so very young so Mm -hmm. um in the upcoming years when these dudes finally enter their prime which is scary to think about talking about the Jays um that's when you're going to be out of a lot of attraction from other other guys around the league so I mean I mean the future will be a lot brighter I'd like to think I mean I'm saying it like I know, but I think you have the most knowledge and kind of can agree with me on this one, that the future is going to be good with this team.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, patience is a virtue. We have to remember that. they're Like you said, they're 23 and 24 years old. You know, when KD and Harden and Westbrook are 23 and OKC, they were same thing. We were like, well, they're going to be great someday. Well, it's on Boston right right now to start building around them correctly, and that is going to find that next player. And I, I think the Celtics will do it. And, uh, you know, just be patient. These We have young players in the roster who are going to grow around them. And I think we're going to get potentially multiple championships from these guys. So just be patient with them. Don't, don't, you, you, you had you to take a lump at points and there's going to be down times. It's going to be worth it later on. So, yeah, there's bright times.
0: Perfect. So look out for the new Celtics head coach hiring. Look out for when, I, when this uh, will be seeing the flurry of moves they'll be making. Um, and tool, I, saying, I wouldn't really call it a rebuild is just about beginning with this team um, so yeah uh, give Squid a follow on Twitter we'll be posting his Twitter at in the, in the tweet we send out for this episode give him a follow if you want to see anything uh, all good things with Celtics uh, and lastly Squid thank you thank you for coming on uh, really really good having you on here
1: yeah, man, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. It was an honor and I'd be happy to come back on whenever you need me for NBA basketball. But you guys do great, great over here, and I appreciate the uh the call.
0: We appreciate it.
1: All right. So with that, we'll be
0: wrapping it up right now. Have a go on. Peace out.